Hello and welcome back to another great edition of the Currency of Truth with your hosts, Randall Martin and Bill Hughes. Bill, how are you today? I'm doing good, my brother. Uh, this is going to be an explosive, exciting episode. Um, Bricks has come and, and Brick is, Bricks is almost over. And uh, there's some breaking news. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is earth shattering. And um, we're so glad to bring this to you. So welcome aboard. And let's let me let's get to this clip right now, because this actually to lay the groundwork for this episode, we're going to do a, uh, a couple of clips. But the first one will actually explain what happened at the meeting of BRICS. Uh, that just took place, the one in which uh, Vladimir Putin was uh, <laughs> reluctant to travel uh, to yes. in person because he, for fear of being arrested. Uh, however, things that will impact your wallet and maybe your total sense of security happen. But let's let's do this first. Let me play the announcements of the new nations that were that, that are entering BRICS, and then we'll break down what that means. We have decided to invite the Argentine Republic, the Arab Republic of Egypt, the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates to become full members of BRICS. The membership will take effect from the 1st of January 2024. Now, that just seems like sort of an innocuous uh, uh, statement, but it means a whole lot. Bill, break it down for us. Yeah, um, my brother, th this, is, uh, this is big news. And, and I'm really surprised that we're not getting national coverage um, in, in the U.S. on this because this has everything to do with the, the U.S. dollar and also the petrodollar, which was established in, in 1974 after we came off the gold standard in 1971. Um, so, it, it, you know, the, the, the petrodollar is, is of immense um, importance to us in this country, really. And for those who don't know what that acronym stands for, but I think all our listeners should know, is BRICS consists of Russia, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And that list that you just heard were countries that it's going to expand to and allow to participate in this come, October, come January 1st of 2024. And, you know, when I, when I heard this, you know, I was just about speechless because I thought this is one of those times when you could kind of hear news almost in slow motion. And as Bill said, it's not very being well covered uh, in the media. Just now you're starting to see little bits and pieces of it. But this is something that will affect your wallet and the U.S. economy because it's going to lessen demand for the U.S. dollar as or people holding U.S. dollars, and that can cause extraordinary inflation or hyperinflation in the United States. 
So these things have, a, you know, a way of, uh, of hitting home. Now, it doesn't disqualify the U.S. as the reserve currency because the U.S. will continue, at least at this time, to be the reserve currency. But it does add a lot of competitive pressure to uh, that situation. Absolutely, my brother. And, and, you know, just so people have an understanding of the importance of a petrodollar, I think we should play that clip before we get into a further discussion. Oh, okay, that's great. Let's do that. I'm going to put on the, uh, and this is a clip uh, by, uh, it's called The Demise of the Petrodollar, The End of American Power, The Cold War by Marine Katsua. And uh, came to us by um, from the off of YouTube by the Casey Research. So let's um, let's play that and just to put this in context. The petrodollar is actually a device invented by Kissinger and Nixon. The standard of living of all Americans can be traced back to here, the vast oil-rich deserts of Saudi Arabia. In the early 70s, after the Arab crisis happened with the oil embargoes, OPEC basically tripled the price of oil to the Western world. And at that time, America realized that they were vulnerable because they were importing about 70% of all the oil they consumed. To secure a reliable foreign source of oil, U.S. President Richard Nixon sent his Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger to Saudi Arabia for a secret meeting. The result was a pact that still stands to this day. If Saudi Arabia, which at the time was the world's largest producer of oil, would sell the oil in US dollars, America would defend Saudi Arabia and make sure the House Assad would stay in power. As a direct result of this US-Saudi agreement, all other oil-producing nations also adopted the dollar as the de facto medium of exchange. Demand for it increased exponentially all over the world, and soon it had a new name, the petrodollar. Your currency is only as strong as the demand for it, just like anything else, the supply and demand. Why the petrodollar is important, it causes a demand for the US dollar. A lot of Americans don't realize that over 70% of all the $100 bills in the world are actually outside of the U.S. There's more $100 bills in Russia than there are in America. This stock... Yes, that's an incredible uh, clip because it really breaks down the importance of that relationship that the U.S. had with Saudi Arabia and how that is being impacted. And in fact, we were having an off-air conversation because Saudi Arabia was asking to join. Uh, yes. And so this is not a surprise, but as you heard in the clip, in return, America was providing security uh, for Saudi Arabia, which I guess they feel that they don't need, but there are so many questions that come out of this. And, you know, it's it's... It's not just as cut and dry as, you know, uh, good versus evil, because we have the the uh, policies that have been in place that have allowed America to prosper. And many other nations have suffered because of those policies. And now they're reacting and saying, hey, we want to level the playing field. And people are looking at BRICS as a as a 
financial device to do this. You know, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping that the average person who listens to this and the people in the black and brown communities don't put their head in the sand and act like they shouldn't um, listen to foreign policy. I'm no foreign policy expert, but what I can tell you is that, you know, uh, this by Saudi Arabia joining BRICS and, and also you heard that Iran joined in the UAE. Those are three nations that are members of OPEC, oil producing countries. That pact that we had with the petrodollar um, at the time asked that most of your oil producing countries, you know, sell oil uh, in, in dollars, take their payment in dollars. Well, if, if these nations are now going to accept an alternative to the U.S. dollar, it absolutely is, is going to lessen the strength of the dollar around the world. Now, how soon will that come about? That's the question. So it's not a question of whether there's going to be less dollars being used around the world. It's how soon are, are we going to get to what they call the de-dollarization um, of the U.S. dollar? Absolutely. And how do we, again, the, the amount of questions <laughs> that this thing uh, poses is enormous because you not only have... Uh, a, a quite a bit of inflation here in the United States, although we're doing better than some other nations in that regard. But you also have now issues in China with the Chinese economy. And I don't know whether they're figuring that this is going to help prop up their own currency, but it's certainly a shot across the bow of the United States in terms of being, uh, a, a you know, the major world player. Uh, in in dominant dominating um, you know the the currency and the financial really, markets. Yeah, and and so here's my belief, I, and and I said this to you off air, and, I, and I'm now saying it on air. There there is no way that that Saudi Arabia joins BRICS without the U.S. having having some understanding of what that would look like, and and knowing about it pre prehand. So. There had to be a conversation at, uh, at the U.S. level just because of the importance, Randall. Again, people have to understand, uh, up until 1971, the U.S. dollar was backed by gold. And right. then after 71, it was taken off the gold standard. And then the petrodollar is what propped the importance of the U.S. dollar. If we no longer have the petrodollar and we're no longer on the gold standard, what's, what's giving the U.S. dollar its strength? Well, you know, you just brought up a great point because one of the features, as I understand it, of BRICS is that they are going to be a a backed currency. Their their currency is going to be backed. Is it by gold or? So, so they they were talking about backing it by gold or a basket of commodities. Because when you look at the at the nations that are in BRICS right now, and and you have a whole ton of African nations that have applied that that may get added in, in the next round, but. If you add up Russia um, along with the continent of Africa and, um, you know, you're talking about maybe 50 to 60 percent of, of all the, um, you know, resources in the world. You know, when you're talking about cobalt, um, gold, diamonds, copper, it's in a lot of that is in Russia and, and also the, the African continent. Um so th that's what they get back it with, and and really it puts the West um, at, at a real disadvantage. It really does. 
Well, now does that you know if you watch uh any 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 number of Nicolas Cage movies uh does does it uh pretend that the or bring up the question do we have the goal we have Fort Knox do we have the goal to back the US dollar that's the question you know I don't know if anybody's willing to answer that do we have the goal or do we even have the wherewithal to want to re, um back the 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 dollar um with gold you have to think about it Brenda we we have so much debt now and even with the debt that that we are taking on by you know doing some of the some of the spending we've done since the pandemic uh has really doubled our debt so i we may not have enough gold to to back it a one for one um but that's why that's why there's a lot of conversations around some of these cryptos like bitcoin xrp and things of that nature um because that they become digital you know the conversation is that some of them represent digital gold right so this goes back to uh what we talked about an episode uh ago where we were talking about stable coin and mm-hmm. the differentiation the differentiation between that and cryptos and this other newly minted uh, digital U.S. currency that is not, to be clear, that is not sanctioned yet by the, the, the federal government, but could be a aspect of a way that would keep the U.S. dollar competitive. Well, I, I think there is no doubt. <laughs> there should be no doubt in our minds that the U.S. has already played this out um, and had discussions uh, what it would look like should China and and a lot of the Eastern nations get off of the U.S. dollar. There's no doubt in my mind that 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 has been played out. Now, what kind of conclusions they came to, or what are some of the solutions that they had? Uh, you know, I think we're low on the scale of, of of having that knowledge. But we could put two and two together, and we can see that there is a de-dollarization. Um, process going on with with nations outside of uh, the, the Western you know countries, um, and when you look at BRICS, some of the things they talked about, Randall, they talked about creating a new trade organization. They talked about creating um, uh, a dollar that would allow them to do cross border trades, but to to give each individual country their own currency. Um, so that they could do, you know, trade in their currency. Um, and, and if that's indeed the case, uh, it, you know, I was listening closely to some of the things they were saying. If that's indeed the case, you're going to allow countries to come up with their own currency. Right now, a large portion of the nations around the world is developing a CBDC, a central bank digital currency. Um, and, and the talk at Davos, um, the past Davos um, conference, was uh, creating an equal playing field. And and I think the only way you're going to create an equal playing field first, you need to get rid of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. You need to create some kind of reserve currency, or maybe they mentioned that um, BRICS, a multipolar um, currency. So maybe you have, you know, a couple of countries um, representing a currency or a currency that's owned by no one. Um, and I think that's for another discussion, but, but, and then trading CBDCs at the customer level, a central bank digital currency at the customer level. 
Now, we mentioned that the, the, the U.S. did launch, not the U.S., again, in the U.S., a company did launch a currency. Remind us what that currency was. This was about a month ago. Well, the U.S. didn't launch anything yet. The U, they're, they're in the midst of, of doing, um, they say, studies. I, I believe they are. No, no, not the U.S., that other company. There's a private company that we spoke about that uh, launched a... a um, a well, I, I, the name escapes me. Ripple, you mean? No, or not XRP. Ripple. It was a. It, 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 it would be sort of almost like a prototype, or it could be. Oh, oh, oh! So, um, circle with the stablecoin. Yes, yes, and 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 so, could those a model like that? be something that could be used because that was going to be backed in U.S. dollars. Um, could something like that as a digital currency be a sort of hedge against the kinds of things that are happening? So that's a good question. So each country, what was very clear coming out of BRICS is that these nations no longer want to have a reserve currency where they could be punished. And and you can they didn't mention the U.S. by name, but there was a lot of reference to having a reserve currency where you could be sanctioned or you know you could be told what to do without being told directly. Right? You can you can control a person or a country through their monetary policies or, or the currency they hold. And the fact that you know most of the trade is done in the world with dollars, the U.S. has a tremendous amount of power. So the first, I think the first thing that these countries are talking about is A, getting off the U.S. dollar, B, creating some sort, some form of reserve currency that doesn't have any kind of, uh, no longer any kind of individual country control. That being said, should the, should the U.S. go to a stable coin um, and back that stable coin, with all the existing the dollars that are in existence right now, like you you know the the gentleman mentioned, you have more U.S. dollars outside the country than you do in the country. If you were to take those physical dollars and shred them and then digitize, uh, you know, those dollars and and everything becomes digital, you still have proliferated the world, and it becomes really hard to to unseat the U.S. as the reserve currency. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. That could be then now that that could be well, like you said, one of the possible strategies. But the the challenge then is that with all of these, with these nations doing what they're doing, and 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 the reality that we're not, you know, that you that the United States is not going to have, you know, a dominance, ver you know, via uh, China. And all these other companies, we definitely might not be the largest economy. There's questions about well, the largest economy now. Um, is is the value, the perceived value, and the volatility going to affect the value of the dollar? Not just the demand, but the value, the physical value of the dollar, since it's being challenged in this way. Look, there's no doubt that that the dollar. If you have the OPEC nations stop stop trading um, oil in dollars, that the dollar is going to be affected, and and you can go right to that clip, the other clip that we had, that will will you know demonstrate exactly what I'm talking about. 
Okay, we're going to do that. You know, and this show is going to be a special show since this is such a dominant issue. And we're going to uh, actually go a little longer this show because uh, the information demands it. So let me play that clip and we'll be right back. If oil starts trading in non-petrodollars, such as gold or a basket of currencies, or if China and Russia start trading in yuan and ruble rather than U.S. dollars, that demand isn't there and the way of life for the average American will be done. It will be worse than the Great Depression. To date, anyone who's potentially threatened the status of the petrodollar hasn't fared well. Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi publicly pushed for a pan-African gold-backed currency that he would trade for Libya's oil. He was killed during a U.S.-backed revolution in 2011. And just a few short years before, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein advocated selling oil for euros. At this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. The U.S. invaded under the guise of looking for WMDs. Iraq did not have any weapons of mass destruction. And interestingly enough, after the Americans invaded, took over, put in their own government. The whole concept of selling oil in euros never surfaced again. Today, many countries resent the current petrodollar system, and their leading spokesperson is none other than Russian President Vladimir Putin. Americans should be very worried about what Putin can do. There is a new Cold War going on. It is the colder war. That is exactly what's going on. And who's in the center of this push? Vladimir Putin. And the petrodollar is so crucial to the Colder War. The only thing holding America right now at the top is the petrodollar. And let me make it very clear. If the petrodollar dies, so does America as a superpower. Okay. That's, you know, the, so that articulates so I, <laughs> the, 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 our I, subject I, matter pretty well. Right. I, what I was going to say is I, I think that's a bit dramatic. Um, yes. But it, the, the, the message sing, certainly rings loud. And I think that the, the U.S. absolutely understands that. And, and so there, like, it goes back to the point I said. There was no way that Saudi Arabia is joining BRICS and the U.S. hasn't already formulated some form of a plan to strengthen the U.S. dollar without having the petrodollar, without having, you know, the OPEC nations behind that dollar. There's no way. Well, you're right. And the people in the know know this. And I'm sure that they're taking uh, the precautions with their money. Um, but it, as you mentioned, we need everyone to really understand how this impacts your dollars and what you can or should be doing and, and the kind of information you should be listening to so you can make proper decisions so you're not sort of caught unawares because this is the kind of thing where the average citizen could be left holding the bag if you're not really uh, conscious and proactive about uh, what's going on. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, my brother is, Right. We a lot of times um, the average person and I because, you know, I'm the average person just like everybody else. We don't pay so much attention to foreign policy and, and also finance. We just weren't taught finance in school, but we can be and they mentioned this. We could be looking at a dollar that is so weak 
that you 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 go to some of these other nations where you know one of their dollars is like a thousand you know one of our dollars is like a thousand of theirs well reverse that where if you had a BRICS currency you know supported by gold and now you have one american you know a thousand american dollars is worth one BRICS. when we try to go do trade with these nations you just won't be able to afford anything. You'll be going to pay $12 for a loaf of bread. I mean, right, the, right. The, the U.S. dollar could really hit inflation, super inf- hyperinflation, and just collapse. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, that we have to remember is that this whole idea of fiat currency, currency not backed by anything, is a relatively new phenomenon, you know, right. in the world. You know, very, very new. And as you say, when you have the kind of volatility and uh, uh, lack of stabilization that the world seems to be headed in, you kind of set the atmosphere where people would really want or prefer something that's back. And especially when we just had the, the debt ceiling talks where there was that talk about whether the U.S. would honor their debts uh, with the and and the meaning of the full faith and credit of, of of America, you know, what was was temporarily in question that puts in people's minds and in investors' minds and other countries' minds, it puts and gives people pause to say, where am I going to put my dollars and should I have my dollars just based on the idea that a country is going to pay it off without any demonstration of their ability to do so? Uh, this is what I'm going to say, Randall, is I'm making a prediction that the U.S. is is going to use blockchain and crypto to, A, offset their debt moving forward, and I don't know how they're going to do that, uh, you know, in a lot of the Western nations, offset their debt, basically doing a, res- a reset to the system, and also strengthening the U.S. dollar. And and I do not believe that they're they're going to sit back and allow um, the the U.S. dollar to collapse to where we're you know our dollar is the same value as Ecuador or or one of the one of the countries where their you know their dollar is so weak it's almost useless. We're, they're just not going to allow it. Well, I don't think that the world could afford that. However, I think that you know the the horses are out of the barn and everyone knows what's going on. And we are, yes, if we could pull a hat trick um, and be able to uh, strategically recover, that would be uh, great. But I think that there's no doubt that there are major powers that are really gunning for this position. And we're going to live in a world where the U.S., at least the U.S. dollar and, and the U.S. as a world power is going to be, as you say, as, as, as Brick's saying, it's going to be much more multipolar than it is now. And so um, I want to shift gears uh, before we conclude this this episode, this rather longer episode. Uh, You had mentioned now there are things that people can do. And you had mentioned Glint, which is a way to uh, buy gold. And I was just intrigued by what you had to had to say that we're not affiliated with Glint. But what you told me was very interesting, made me look into it. So you want to just give a brief uh, uh uh, introduction to what it is, because that is something that people could do, and that might be a possible uh, uh, hedge against these things. Again, we're not financial advisors, but what you said to me was interesting, and I checked it out, and I thought the audience might want to know. Sure. Um, 
So so Glint is a way that you can um, buy, um, save, and spend gold without actually physically having it in your hand. Now, it is your gold. Um, you can go on their website. It's G-L-I-N-T, Glint.com, and, and observe it for yourself. Again, like Randall said, we're, we're not affiliated with them. But um, I joined Glint, and when you join – um, and you can join with five dollars, ten dollars. There's there's no denomination minimum that you have to use. You buy gold, and what gold does, gold is God's money. It it helps you hedge against a collapsing dollar. So if the dollar was to collapse and, and go to zero, your gold still maintains its value throughout the world. Um, and then once you once you um open your account, you actually can apply for a debit card that will allow you to um spend your gold like money and and i tested it i actually went up to uh scally's pizza and um i used my debit card and and i was able to buy a pizza with gold and it was pretty cool okay well i don't know if that's a, an endorsement of scally's pizza but, but it's <laughs> certainly a good glimpse uh it does seems like one of those alternatives and again people need to be paying attention so we're going to be uh covering this and much more we're going to cover some of the history also of what has been happening uh, with the U.S. dollar and the policies, but definitely you need to be knowledgeable about digital currency and what's that's moving, the way that's moving, because that is the future and it's going to affect your future, your wallet and your family and and and, the, and security, you know, the security of your finances. So definitely subscribe to this podcast and uh, continue listening as we bring you uh, the best information that we can on this very important topic. Absolutely, brother. I, you know, I thank you, um, everyone out there, for listening in. Um, I think you want to listen to us moving forward as we're going to really get into the nuts and bolts about uh, crypto and how I think the U.S. is going to protect themselves um, by using blockchain and technology moving forward. Absolutely. And that does it for this edition of The Currency of Truth. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you.